0: Oh thank you God. Thank you God. Thank you God. Ti marolo. Thank you for your presence with us again this morning. Wow, ti amar do morto ti giara da Marta and ti giapo pronto Wow. Thank you, Jesus. We just want to express our thanks and our love for you. God, as we open up the word now and as, we, as, I, as I share some ideas, even some concepts about the kind of church maybe we once were and the kind of church maybe we're becoming, Lord, would you help us to engage our minds and our hearts? Most of all, would you give us the gift of faith um, to believe you? that we might uh, continue to um, emerge and grow into the kind of people that you've called us to be. We pray for the gift of fresh faith on us. Just as I'm seeing the the rain pouring down outside on this bank holiday weekend this morning, God, come afresh on our hearts. We pray each one will be equipped with fresh faith, fresh vigour, fresh enthusiasm that comes from a a downpour, a saturating of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. Amen amen okay so um we're going to open our bibles in a moment Uh, i'm continuing on with uh, what we call our transition uh series um last week we looked at the heart and the character of the disciple through change and if you haven't had a chance um, yet to um, catch up on last week it's not too late to do that please find it online Um, it's quite important i think i want you to ask yourself some of the evaluation questions that we looked at last week that help us to recognize, am I really trusting and resting in Jesus? Plus, it's the one time in your life you'll get to see me preaching out of a sandy rubber dinghy. That doesn't happen often. If you think, what is he talking about? Well, catch up on last, on last week. That's never going to happen again. I've only just got the sand out of my hair, um, believe it or not. And then uh, through this month of May, this early summer month, as I look at the rain belting down, um, we're going to look in detail each Sunday at how our lives and the teams that serve the church are going to be rebuilt through this time of transition so that we can continue to meet the the vision and the mission that god's called us to serve in together it's it's going to be very very practical we're going to look at how you and i can play our part together Um, quite frankly there are jobs that need doing and we've not had to do many of them for the last year or so but and this is where today and last week are important it's not all about doing jobs together to make church work. There's a, this framework of discipleship through change uh, that our lives are built on to enable us to rest and flourish in Jesus through these next steps. Um, please don't jump to step two with me today. Uh, okay, yeah, where can I serve? um and in the next weeks without working on step one the kind of internal character heart stuff that is so important last sunday through the prayer we, we've been asking ourselves two um questions prayerfully uh, as we recognize we are anchored in jesus that will help us through a time like this question number one was what is it time to let go of in my own life, maybe in my leadership, maybe in an area I've served in, maybe in a ministry that we've had. Lord, my, my hands are open to you. They're open to heaven. I, I'm secure in you. I don't have to keep anything going for the sake of it. I don't have to start anything again just because I did it before. I don't have to keep anything alive. What are you saying it's time to let go of? And question two, we're asking ourselves, God, what thing? What, what's the one thing The one amazing thing that you've got waiting backstage behind the curtain, ready to make its grand entrance in this next season that you want me to take hold of. We're talking about the old. We're talking about the confusing storm of transition in the middle. And then we're talking about things that are born anew and start afresh on the other side on the new shore. So, we're asking those questions still, even as we go through this morning at the end of this prayer week, at the end of a press pause evening where we just celebrated so much kingdom life that so many of you are involved in. Um, I just want to take a few minutes at the end of all of that to explain the jump that we are making. Maybe it's not a jump, maybe it's a a a walk over this last year. Um, It just feels like a jump as lockdown is eased. From a a kind of, and I'm using caricatures here, a pre-COVID settled church, to uh, a post-COVID, I guess what I'm calling a scattered and sent people. Um, There's not been a shift in our values, in the things that we believe as Kingdom people, but we're recognizing this is more now as the door opens to the next stage of life. This is more than just trying to get back to how we did life, before um, we want to carry forward everything that we've learned and valued in this year and see how it works out in the in the new. So turn with me if you've got your Bibles and and, hey, why wouldn't you? We're in church today. And if you haven't brought a Bible, please don't feel guilty about that. Bring one next week. Um, I'm going to read from Jeremiah 29 briefly uh, and then keep your finger in there. We're going to move to Acts chapter 2. Jeremiah is one of the prophetic books. Last September, some of you may recall, if you're with us uh, at that time, um, we taught a short series that we called our Exiles uh, series um, from Jeremiah 29. I'm just going to read a few verses. The context is, and actually verse 1 of Jeremiah 29 tells us, uh, this is the, the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah, we're about 600 years before Jesus here, uh, he sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests and prophets and all the other people that King Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem into Babylon. That's the, the context. God's people, have, because of their sin, have been lifted out of Babylon, forcibly taken, by Nebuchadnezzar, the, the, the ruling superpower of his day, and taken into forced exile in his capital city of Babylon. Let me just. Uh, this is what the prophet instructs the people that are now in exile in Babylon. Verse four. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to those I carried into uh, from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens. Eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Wow. And then just turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Um, We pick up the story. It's the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit's fallen on this little group of believers that have been hiding in a locked room. Jesus has ascended into heaven. They're not quite sure what is going to happen next. Now, full of the Spirit, they spill out onto the streets of city centre Jerusalem. Peter begins to preach the sermon of his life and the crowd of 3,000 or more say to Peter in response to his message, Well, what do we do to be saved? Peter says, Repent, believe, be baptized every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and verse 40 it says with many other words he warned them and pleaded with them save yourselves from this corrupt generation those who accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day verse 42 listen they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer Everyone was filled with awe. Can I just hear it? everyone? Oh, I haven't done that for a while. That's good. I hope you did that at home on Zoom as well. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything. Say everything. Everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone. Say anyone. Everyone, everything, anyone. Anyone as he had need. Every day. Say every day. Everyone, everything, anyone, every day, every day they continue to meet together in the temple Do You get the kind of church this is. Uh, they broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Wow. Um, so Jeremiah is writing to uh, these exile families. They're in a strange land and a strange culture. They're in captivity to this prevailing worldview that is trying to impose its beliefs and culture on God's people. None of their familiar structures are available to them, their ways of worship, their patterns, their temple, their rituals. They're having to reimagine what it means to be God's people in this new environment. And if they don't get it right, their identity will get shaped by the prevailing identity. They will just become absorbed. God's people will disappear. Does it sound familiar, ladies and gents? There was an earlier exile for God's people too. We heard from Rachel this morning how um, Joseph himself was taken on a personal exile against his will. He was carried away down into Egypt uh, years before this Babylonian exile. God's people followed him later in a time of famine. Um, and they remained there for generations, growing into what became a million plus slave labor force for the people of egypt with exile in the in the bible we always find an exodus these two words go together exile and exodus god's people are led into something away from their familiar their safe world and in time they are led out again back into the new thing into the greater Promise. This has always been a pattern through the Bible, whether it's individual stories like Abraham, Moses, Joseph, David fleeing um, uh, his own nation even to live amongst the Philistines for a while. Um, Whether it's the whole people of God into Egypt, into the wilderness, out eventually into the promised land. Then later, as we've read from Jeremiah this morning, taken out of Israel into Babylon. Later on they came back into Jerusalem, 70 years later, to rebuild the temple and the city. Even the whole story of the the Bible from the very beginning. What happened to Adam and Eve because of their sin? They were exiled out of the garden. They were put out. They were scattered around the earth. They were told to multiply and fill the earth, just as Jeremiah's generation were told, get married, have children, build up the people of God, just as the Acts 2 believers were told, go make disciples to the ends of the earth. So it wasn't the very beginning. Adam and Eve exiled out of the garden, scattered around the earth to carry the promise, one day knowing that God's people will come back into the fullness of the promise. The true and final promised land, the new heaven on earth, will be inherited by God's restored people. That's why God's people live all the time in Exodus and exile. I was having a conversation with uh, Ken a few weeks ago and he he, he was talking about this. Uh, Is this a time of exile for the church or is it a time of Exodus? And Ken and I agreed together that actually we think it's a bit of both really. Um, As we've been saying, Exodus involves leaving something. It involves a journey into the wilderness. uh, A challenge, an uncertainty, a danger. We've no idea how long we'll be walking this way. Um, And then when you get to the promise, when you cross into the promised land, the next thing, hey, there's work to do. Um, There are enemies to drive out. There's land to take possession of. With the later Exodus, there, was, there were walls to build, a city to build, a temple to restore. The people of God are always in a time of Exodus until Jesus returns. But we're also always in a time of exile, taken by force in one sense, away from home, away from routines and patterns and ways of living, learning to live under another rule and culture, having to discover how to live in the 21st century as the people of God without losing our identity, without becoming just like the people around us. The, the psalmist sings one of my favourite psalms by the rivers of Babylon. We sat down, Boney M did it really well in the 70s or maybe early 80s, probably 70s. Wow, how about, I had it on cassette anyway. Um, and uh, they, that, that song from the psalms, uh, how can we sing the Lord's song? In a strange land, the people exiled in Jeremiah's day sang along with Boney M. Um, And for us, we're living in an increasingly strange land. Uh, We're in a nation that is increasingly more secular, increasingly more tolerant, and yet at the same time less tolerant, more at odds with, and even offended by simple, orthodox. Christian beliefs that people like us have believed and accepted for centuries It's fair to say these Bible pictures we're looking at this morning of exodus and exile are both Landscapes that are familiar or will be increasingly familiar to us Both these stories of exodus and exile they reshape and in the end they revitalize the people of God both require transition and new ways of thinking An ability to take hold of our identity and our mission again in the world. Either coming out of the safe and the familiar um, and into a a secular prevailing worldview to live for God or coming out of a time of wilderness and into the promise of God for his people. I think both are happening right now uh, in 2021 for us here in Crawley. No wonder God spoke to them in Babylon in the way that he did through Jeremiah. He wants us to know this is how you live and this is how we live as God's people in exile and in Exodus. Build, plant, work, serve, live in peace as far as you can. Hey, bless the city, multiply, fill it with God's people. Um, But also the Bible tells us at the same time, wow, live like strangers. Be holy. You're separate. This is not your final home. Remember, you're a holy people. In exile, you don't compromise your worship and your lives for God. You don't live like the people around you. Church, do you see it? Both are at play here. Exile and Exodus. I think when we get to Acts 2, we see that the same jump but just accelerated. It's like a microcosm of the whole big story of the Bible in one go. Exodus and exile rolled into one. Of course, the story of God through the old to the new points to the greater reality, right through the Bible, of of what God is going to do through Jesus and his church. So it shouldn't be a surprise that Acts 2 is such a pivotal, helpful moment for us. In Acts 2, we've got the fulfillment of the exile into Egypt uh, and and uh, from Egypt um, and and the exodus from there. We've got the, the fulfillment of the exile in Babylon. It's all here. We see Exodus, God's people in Acts 2 coming out of their locked room, finally looking distinctive from the people and religion they've been a part of. Finally and clearly moving towards a people who are defined as, hey, those are the people that have been with Jesus. It's some kind of exodus led by the Spirit. Do you remember in in the original exodus they were led by the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud? This group of disciples were led out of the upper room by the fire of the Holy Spirit out into the city. This was their exodus. Now they're coming into the greater promised land of the inheritance that God has for his church. But it's also an exile in that they spread out into a city that wasn't their own and beyond with a new way to live and a new power to live it by. They were no longer just in their own religious huddle um, but living to influence and serve and save. And just as Jeremiah's people multiplied, wow, they were multiplying. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They were building, church planting, working. They weren't shut away in their own group, but they were living in the heart of city life, openly in their homes, meeting in the temple courts. But under the context of someone else's rules and someone else's way of doing Life. This is what happened in Acts chapter 2. It's like a fulfillment that is accelerated in one moment of everything that's gone before in God's story. You know the accelerant, the kind of fuel that gets poured on to make everything go boom and spread and fill the earth in that moment? It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, the fire that falls on them at the beginning of Acts chapter 2. Exodus and exile. Are you still with me? Uh, this is all very exciting in my head. I hope you're catching some of it this morning. Exodus and, and exile. Um, Here in Acts 2 and friends the reason I'm telling you all this is because right now before we rush on to the very practical over the next few weeks This is where we're positioned. We need to know this until Jesus returns fully and we finally come home um, We shouldn't be surprised that we will always see the feel the pull of these signs of Exodus life and exile life Sometimes one more than the other. It's just how it's going to be until the day that we come into the full and final inheritance of the new heaven on earth where there's no more travelling for God's people, no more fighting to take possession, no more looking through the, the, into the distant fog of the future to inherit the promise. No more exile, no more feeling far from home, no more longing to be gathered and reunited. Now we're at home with the Lord under the rule and reign of Jesus Christ forever. One day that's our inheritance, but for now we live in the reality of both exodus and exile. If you're new to church this morning, either watching with us online or here in the room, maybe some of these ideas can be a little bit um, uh, um, overarching. Um, If you're not familiar with some of these Bible stories that I've referenced today, but I want you to know this is your start point as as well. If you're a new believer, you're coming near to God. That means you're coming away from something. You're on your own exodus. You're leaving the world behind you. Some of the old ways that, that you just used to accept as normal, you're now saying, I don't want to live that way anymore. This is your kind of exodus. You're coming out of your old life. You're coming into a new life, a new birth. You're trusting in Jesus. You're going to live for him from today. This is your exodus and exile if you're a new believer. Maybe there's some teenagers. We've got some amazing teenagers. Maybe you've grown up in in church and your discipleship starts here as well. You get with these disciples to repent, believe, be baptised in water, receive the Holy Spirit. You get to turn to Jesus today. You can get baptised next month when we've got the the hot tub outside in the garden in the sunshine to do our next lot of baptisms. You can play your part, all of us, in a church that wants to equip one another to live transformed lives and carry the life and hope of Jesus out into the world. Exodus and exile. So Acts 2 42 47 will be our, our backdrop for the next three or four Sundays until we're outside. How we live together, how we serve together. We'll look at the everyone and anyone and everything of these verses over the next few weeks. We'll look very practically, what are we asking you to do? How can you serve? How can I play my part? But today is deliberately big picture um, because I want us to understand why. Otherwise we're just trying to get rotors filled to make church happen. Um, But I want us to understand that we're the people of God and this is where he's positioned us for this time today to serve him in our generation. Just for five minutes before we we pray and finish together, I want to risk showing you something that came out of my brain and onto my whiteboard in our study uh, just at the back of this church hall here. Back in September when we were looking uh, at the um, exile series in Jeremiah in in the uh, manner of uh, Stuart Cox from last Sunday night's press pause meeting and Professor Chris Whitty. Ben, can I have the next slide, please? So these are caricatures. I've no idea whether you'll pick this up at home with my writing um, and and even here in the hall, but let me just talk you very briefly through it. I'm going to caricature the pre-COVID church. I don't think we were this fully, um, uh, but it gives us an idea. Um, Ben, can you go to the next slide? And I'll use that to explain this so I don't talk too much in the old pre-COVID Covid church. We lived in this world where church and the world, I've called it the city because I was thinking about Jeremiah and the city of Babylon. But you might think of church and Crawley or church and the world, church and the city. Where the life of the church was quite separate from the life of what went on the other six days of the week. We created a structured and safe environment. Nothing wrong with these things. Um, Our ministries were very clearly either in or out. It was very clear what was church. And what wasn't church, there wasn't, as you can see, in that little overlap, there wasn't much overlap. It was very obvious. Now like, this is a church thing. Oh, that's a worldly thing. That's how the church has lived. Um, we wanted to be prophetic to our city, but we would tend to prophesy outward, uh, shout over the walls. There were walls up. Um, we wanted to gather and keep. People, you would notice, we would use in our churches language when someone moves away or teenagers go to university or we send someone even to plant a church, we use language like, oh, we've lost them. Um, There's a mentality of gathering and keeping. Much of life and work that was outside of church seemed to be irrelevant to the main focus of our life. A mission. I've written business and creatives. There. I know lots of business guys that, that have struggled to connect what they're doing six and a half days of the week with what we do. In church, other than trying to make some money to put in the church offering, and thank you very much, by the way. If you're a businessman or woman and you do that, that is an important part of why God's called you. But if that's all it is, we're missing something. Our creatives as well, unless your creativity is narrow in that you play guitar in a worship band, creatives that want to do art and drama and great paintings and uh, and other write poems and other expressive things, find that they have to do that out in the world rather than in a church that thinks this way. It's a caricature. Next slide. Please. The actions of a church like this, um, we tend to proclaim outwards. We tend to have a, a kind of uh, a break out and invite in uh, mentality when it comes to evangelism. Think Saving Private Ryan. We'll send out a little band of brave heroes, and they might they go into town and they'll pull back one or two that gloriously get born again. We're very grateful for that. But they, these are caricatures of the way that we used to live. We have what I'm describing here: a narrow view of kingdom life. And Worship. Worship happens in here. It happens in here on a Sunday morning or maybe a Sunday evening. It happens in your quiet time, but then you go out into the rest of your life. And of course, where we have staff and when we're training and releasing volunteers to serve in the church, inevitably, because of this mindset, we get busy with maintaining our existing programs and our existing structures so that church in this way can continue to work. Inevitably, the finance that we raise through generous giving in worship gets funneled into keeping that red circle at the bottom going, but doesn't really think uh, too much outwardly. Are you with me so far? It's a cat. We, I don't think we were there entirely, and I, I fundamentally believe, and we've seen the fruit from it, that in our run-up to the year 2020, when we had a, the pull of a strong vision from God for the year 2020, I, I think we, we'd seen a lot of this mindset change already. But I'm giving you a, a, a picture this morning. Next slide, please. So I, I've written Jeremiah 29 and Acts 2, this, this tipping point, out from Jerusalem into Babylon, God's people moving, exodus and exile, day of Pentecost. Next slide, please. Um, For these guys, it was a forced change. There's no going back. Church, we're not going back to how it was before. We're not trying to go back to how things were before. For the Jerusalem people that went into Babylon, um, Nebuchadnezzar knocked down the walls of their city before he left. He knocked down their temple. He knocked down their structures. Uh, Jesus was saying to his disciples before Pentecost came, you're going to need new wineskins to hold this new wine. The old wineskins will just crack and break. There's new structure he's speaking about here um, so that you can move forward into the new with these kingdom values. We need new structures. Next slide, please. Here's our post-COVID church. Do you see what we've done there? The church and the kingdom of God at the heart of the city. That's a Jeremiah 29 picture or an Acts 2 Picture I've written at the top, build, plant, work, pray, that Jeremiah language, or if you want New Testament, Acts language, make disciples, multiply, transform. Um, The church uh, taken out of its huddle and positioned in the heart of the city. Hallelujah, that's where we want to be. Next slide, please. Let's look at some of the attitudes there that contrast with the old attitudes. Um, Instead of being overly structured, there's a flexibility. We've been talking prophetically about in this next stage, we're not trying to build walls again and put in concrete structures that will mean church remains as it is forever. Uh, We're talking about fences, not walls. We've talked about new maps. We're not quite sure uh, where we will go, but we know where we're going in the next stage. That's the kind of language you've used, church, this side of COVID. Um, We're um, not in or out as we were before, uh, but we're now positioned within the heart of the town to serve and to influence. We're not prophesying outward, shouting over the walls. We're all of us scattered around the town to release life, uh, to serve in a ministry that no longer has walls. We don't have this um, gather and keep mentality any longer wow we've sent more than ever in this last year not with a well of course with a sense of loss In our hearts but with a sense of joy because we understand who we are as the people of God now we have this gather and scatter mentality this um, uh, Sundays like the Acts 2 church temple courts and homes Sundays in our homes online in person gathering to strengthen and encourage one another but then pulsing out serving in our jobs in our schools in our universities in our places sports clubs gymnasiums uh, whatever gets opened up with the church lives with this rhythm uh, of gathering and scattering gathering and scattering and now we begin to see wow all my life has this idea of worship business creative arts my leisure time it's as integral to a kingdom vision as what we used to call our traditional church ministries are you following me or am am I just kind of talking ideas out of my head just wave if you if you're still on board slightly here that's great news well done quickly some actions before we pray And again they perhaps contrast with what's over the other side of the the diagram. We're not just proclaiming now, we are living amongst the city. I know we were living amongst them anyway but this year we've really been living amongst them. This year we've all had more contact with our neighbours, this year we've all had more conversations and spent more life outside of the structures of the church. So now instead of proclaiming from a distance from behind our walls we are Demonstrating and modeling. We're an Acts 2 church. We are in the marketplace. We are visible and seen and heard. Now, instead of kind of breaking out, you and I are sent. We get sent to transform, we get to bless the city. Now we have this broad view of kingdom life and worship now of course the staff we have the volunteer leaders and teams that we equip and train are in order to release them to serve the city and to serve this vision that we have. Now of course the programs and the ministries that we run and that we reimagine this side of COVID and the finance that we give, now it follows this bigger, broader kingdom vision to bless and serve and transform the city. Can I hear an amen if you follow that diagram, that little mind map? And I wrote, uh, last slide please, I wrote at the bottom there, I don't know if you can read my writing. I wrote this last September to myself, this is a note to myself, it's time to reimagine and reposition our emphasis, our lives, our serving teams and our ministries here, this side uh, of the Jeremiah Acts 29 tipping points. Well, I thank you for following me. I I hope we're going to pray now. We've talked plenty long enough. I hope you see this morning we're positioned for something amazing as the plan of God unfolds. and We've got a part to play in carrying it forward. We're not going back just to how things were. Nathan, come and help us. this exodus-exile mindset means a change of thinking and operating that we want to carry forward even as we start beginning to rebuild some structures and teams and serving together. As I say, the next few weeks will be very practical about how you and I can serve and play our part as we move towards God and church and beyond. But church, this is where we're positioned. This is where we call. Let's stand together, shall we? I'm going to pray uh, and then we'll, we'll finish with some worship and, and John can help us as well, I'm sure. Just think about your life for a moment. Yeah, go for me. Think about your life for a moment. Think about where you're positioned. Think about where your instinctive ways of thinking have been. Which side of the diagram have you been on? Lord, we, we thank you for this exodus. You, you've protected us through a wilderness time. Thank you that we're coming into a new promise now. Lord, we recognise there's work to do. There's things to put down, to leave behind, to forget even. But there are also things to pick up. And Lord. We thank you for this sense of exile as well. Lord we're living in a strange land, in a strange time. Would you help us to discern how to live as God's people without some of the old walls and structures and boundaries around us. Help us Lord. Holy Spirit would you be speaking to us even now. Even as we go away from this morning thinking and dwelling on what's been taught today. Thank you Jesus. Just a word to any here who may be not yet following Jesus or just taking your first steps if you need to come out of your old life and journey into a new life where you say I'm trusting fully and completely in you Jesus if that's you this morning hey you can pray with us as well and take that step follow Jesus today yeah Lord we need you we need your Holy Spirit we need this accelerant we need the fire to fall thank you Lord we love this simple life of gathering and scattering but we need your help we'll just revert back to what we know would you fill us with your spirit Lord? I pray even for this week for the rest of today tomorrow would you enable us to carry your life to influence to transform um, to break over every old boundary um, and to live in this new landscape in in Crawley and beyond that we might flourish into the fullness of what you have for us thank you Jesus thank you Jesus just express that in your own words as we worship together for a moment yeah Holy Spirit pour on the accelerant over this church we pray what you've done to this point now accelerate now increase now pour out in greater measure we pray wow thank you we receive you Lord